Good morning, beautiful friends. I'm going to be talking to you today about a pandemic far greater than the coronavirus, and that is a pandemic of fear. And I'm going to be sharing with you, and I'm going to be teaching it um, on... Good morning, everybody. It's so wonderful to be connected again today. I'm incredibly excited to be sharing with you and talking to you again today. I did say I would keep teaching even though we couldn't be together. And I'm excited that I can share this particular teaching with you today. You know, there's an end, a pandemic that's far greater than the coronavirus. And that is the pandemic of fear. Fear has gripped nations. Fear is just running wild among people. And God really wants to deal with us today about making sure that fear has no legal right to grip in our hearts. This is a particularly personal uh, message for me because it's something that I've had to conquer mightily in my life. And I am going to be sharing with you a little bit about my own personal journey of dealing with fear. The first thing I want to read to you today is from Luke 21 verse 26. And it says this, Men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for looking after these things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. God says that when the shaking comes, men's hearts will be failing them for fear. And friends, we're living in a time where men's hearts are failing them. It's the most craziest thing to see how people are reacting because of a virus to see what is happening all over the world because of a virus. And please listen to me. This virus is serious. We do need to be very cautious. We need to wash our hands. We need to separate ourselves so we don't cross-infect each other. We need to be wise. The Bible says be as wise as a serpent and as innocent as a dove. But we will not be driven by fear because fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear is a deception. And I want to talk to you today about that fear. You see, when I was born, and this is just my personal story, I was born seeing into the spirit realm, literally from the moment that I arrived on this earth. I was able to see demons. My mom says I used to scream all night, every single night. But when the sun came up and there was light in the room, I was able to sleep. As I got older... I could verbalize a little bit, but they still didn't really understand because I didn't come from a family that understood the spirit realm. And why I was screaming all night is because I would be seeing into the spirit realm every single night. I would have demonic visitations. I would see things. I would experience things. I would encounter things. And fear gripped my heart. I was born with the spirit of fear, and I was born with a seer anointing to be able to see into the spirit realm. I was so crippled by fear that I was 12, 13 years old, nearly 14, and still wetting my bed at night because I literally couldn't get out of bed to go to the toilet. Fear had gripped me so much. I was 21 before I put, put the light off in my room for the first time. I had the light on because I could cope with light. Because what I saw in the light was not as daunting as what I was encountering in the darkness. I had an incredible fear for darkness. I had an incredible fear for sleeping. I had an incredible fear for being alone. I had an incredible fear of when people went to bed. Because when people went to bed, my horror started. I had so much fear. I was so scared of driving past a place that was a, a, um, a funeral parlor. Because if I drove past a funeral parlor and I was able to see anything that was happening there, if I, if I saw the name of the funeral parlor, immediately I would start being tormented and I would have these encounters where I was being buried alive. And it was the most horrendous thing. 
eventually I got born again, I got saved, I encountered Jesus, I met my King Jesus, but I hadn't encountered the full love of the Father. And because of that, fear was still the major control of my life. At 27, I went to work one day, and as I went to work, and at that point of time, I was really working in full-time ministry in a school, and this lady looked at me, and she said, you look terrible. Why do you look so terrible? And I said to her, well, you won't understand. Because the night before, I'd had another night of being tormented and being attacked. And my husband had prayed over me while I was trying to cope with this fear that was gripping me so terribly. And she looked at me and she said, what is wrong with you? And, and I said, you won't understand. Nobody does. She said, no, tell me. And I told her and she said, oh, my sweetheart, you've just been tormented by a spirit of fear. Let me pray for you. It was life changing in that moment. I was set free of a demon, a spirit of fear. And I want to talk to you about that today, friends, because that is exactly what is attacking the world. And that is exactly what is gripping the world. The Bible says, God says to us, I have not made you a slave again to fear. I've not made you a slave again to fear. And so what does fear look like? What does it feel like? What are we encountering what is this thing called fear? What does it actually manifest like? Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that fear attaches itself right here in between our feelings and our spirit man. Now, when you've been born again and you've accepted Jesus into your life, the spirit of God is living inside of you and you are a spiritual being in a physical body and he lives right here in your spiritual belly. That's where he, where he stays. That's where his habitation is. Fear attaches right next to that and right next to our emotions. And so it comes and it warps every single emotion with deception. And as it sits here and as it attaches, you wake up in the morning with this incredible anxiety that comes over you and dread, dread grips you because fear is the first voice that you hear. You go to sleep at night and suddenly while you're trying to fall asleep, the next thing that flashes up is all kinds of deceptions and fears that cause you to be absolutely paralyzed with fear. You might fall asleep and not have a problem and then suddenly wake up during the night and your mind is being absolutely bombarded with fearful thoughts. You see, the first thing I want you to know is fear is a deception. Fear needs a little bit of truth to be able to land. And so I want to show you this little picture. If you look at that picture, I hope you're seeing it the right way around. It says that shame, which is an emotion, which is a truth, which is a feeling, when we start feeling the emotion of shame in any form whatsoever, then deception gets a hold of our heart and deception is a spirit of falsehood. It's a spirit of fear. And the moment falsehood gets a hold of our mind, what does it do? It brings two friends with it. The one is a spirit of control and the other one is a spirit of fear. And these two friends are attached to the spirit of deception. Three demons that come and try and take control when we have one emotion called shame. Now, what is the shame that people are holding on to now? Well, what if I can't provide for my family? What if I lose my income? What if I get sick? What if I die? What if this disease takes a hold of me? What if I can't breathe? And suddenly there's a tiny little bit of truth. And deception gets a hold of that truth. And when we come into agreement with deception, we give it life. My friends, fear is false evidence appearing real. It is not true. It is false. 
and then it grips our hearts. And then we start thinking upon it. And we think and we think and we think and we think and we start imagining it. You know, it's the most crazy thing. When somebody in the room says, I have, I've had a problem with fleas, suddenly everybody starts scratching because you immediately start imagining that it's happening to you. And that's exactly what happens with fear. Now, if anybody has a slight cough, and I battled in the past with an irritated throat because I preach so often, speak so often, and I start having a cough. And now, the moment I've got a cough, everybody looks at me like, are you sick? Are you sick? No, no, I, I've just had a, a cough for a few years. And should I cough right now, there's nothing wrong with me. So do not think in any way that I'm coming under that deception. But suddenly we start believing and we start seeing the worst. And has this disease been absolutely devastating? Yes, that's truth. But we have to understand that as sons of God, we've got absolutely nothing to fear because our Father has it in the palm of His hands. So there has to be something He can attach on. What about the shame of the fact that you might have had parents that didn't come through for you, that made false promises for you, that promised you things and they never did it? And then we come into the kingdom of God believing that our Father is exactly the same, that He's going to let us down, that He's not going to keep His promise, that when we need Him the most, He's not going to be there. What about if you were married to somebody that wasn't there for you, that wasn't your support, that wasn't faithful, that wasn't the promise of being your, your partner, your, your co-laborer? And then we come to God and we come to Jesus believing the same thing. You see, my friends, if there's any area that the enemy can get a hold of your life and make you believe that because it's happened before, it's going to happen again, he's going to bring you into that place of deception and you're going to believe the lie. And fear is the loudest voice where there's deception. Now, why do I say deception, a spirit of deception, a spirit of falsehood, and Revelations warns us about that, why do I say to you that it's got two friends? Because wherever we believe a lie, fear grips and control grips. Immediately we think, it's my strength, it's my power, I've got to take control. And we try and put all kinds of things into place to be in control, to take control. I'm going to be okay as long as I can make money. I'm going to be okay as long as I can control this. I'm going to be okay as long as I can look after my family. And then fear comes in. Well, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen tomorrow? What about if I don't have money tomorrow? What about if God doesn't come through for me tomorrow? What about if they fire me tomorrow? What about what if, what if, what if, what if? And control and fear come in and they grip. And all control has been taken out of our hands. I think it's amazing because none of us can be dependent on self-effort. It's not by your might and it's not by your power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. That's where the answers are. So God says, I've not given you a spirit of fear. Don't believe the deceiver. And I want to tell you something else, friends. The opposite of fear isn't faith. The opposite of fear is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. And if you've got fear, it's because you have no revelation of the Father's perfect, perfect, amazing love. And you have no revelation of the fact that God is not a man that he should lie. I've been through horrendous things in my life. I think there's not really anything that I haven't actually experienced. I've lost everything <laughs> nearly three times. And there were three times in my life where twice because of bad decision making that we lost everything. And once, because of a life circumstance that I had to make a choice, I lost everything. 
and fear tries to grip. I remember the first time we lost everything, that, that emotion. I'd been set free of fear. I'd been delivered of fear. I was living my life free for the first time ever in my whole life. And suddenly we lost everything. And I was in that place where I felt that gripping of my stomach again. I would wake up in the morning and I'd feel it again. Dread overcame me. That feeling of, oh no, it's happening again, it's happening again. You see, my friends, you cannot come into agreement with a demon. When you come into agreement, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I? That? You've just come into agreement with a demon. He needs you to come into agreement with him. Because if you come into agreement, he's got power over your mind. But that's not where the Holy Spirit lives. The Holy Spirit lives in our spirit, man. And I remember feeling all these emotions again and saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? And God so clearly spoke to me and he said, Kathy, do not come into agreement with the spirit you've been set free. And it was the most amazing thing because as I took authority over it, it left me. And the other thing is that nothing that he had tried to make me believe about the future happened. Nothing. Nothing. In fact, the very opposite happened because God proved that he was faithful. He never left me. He never forsook me. My children never went hungry. There were many times there was no food in the house that I would sit down at the dining room table and I would thank God for my meal. I'd say, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for this amazing dinner we're having tonight, knowing I'd had no food. I had nothing on the stove. I had nothing to offer my family. And I would say grace. And you know what would happen? God would provide. All kinds of things happened. And I haven't got time to go into that with you. But I promise you, my children never, ever went hungry. God provided every single meal in times when I personally could not provide a thing. You see, my control was taken away. Rejoice. Celebrate. Delight. Be so excited. Because your control has been taken away. This is good news. This is Im amazing news. This is the greatest news you could ever have. Because when your control is taken away, you see how incredibly powerful his spirit is. And I want to tell you, friends, when, when the, the greatest devastation of my life happened, and I, I lost absolutely everything that I had ever thought was part of who I was, and fear tried to grip my heart in a way that I'd never experienced it. I was literally paralyzed with the fear trying to come against me. And that was only six years ago. I want to tell you, in that time, God did the most amazing thing. A beautiful man wrote a song called, I'm no longer a slave to fear, but I'm a child of God. And as I heard that song, it resonated within me. And I said, Satan, how dare you think that you can come now? and try and steal from me. How dare you? Who do you think you are? I have battled you. I've had authority over you and you will not come and make a resident in my life ever again. And I sang that song 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 until I could sing it and celebrate it because I was completely set free of a spirit of fear. But my friends, how do we conquer fear? We saturate ourselves in the love of the Father. Because perfect love casts out all fear. And if you can't trust him, it's because you don't love him. And if you don't love him, it's because you don't have a revelation of how much he loves you. And so I want to encourage you today. I want to just celebrate with you today. I want to say to you, you've got 21 days, South Africa, to come and just sit in the presence of the Father and to say, Father, teach me how to love you more. Teach me how to love you more. And when thoughts of fear come and you feel those waves of fear, you just say, shut up, fear. 
I'm not coming into agreement. I'm coming into agreement with the incredible love of the Father. I want to just talk to you a little bit about the, the feelings of fear, and then I'm going to talk to you more about the love of the Father. The first thing that happens when fear grips is there's a fixation on the outcome of things being bad. If you think things are going to be bad, you're listening to the wrong voice. The Bible says in James 1, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Double-minded means double-spirited, listening to two spirits. It means you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're also listening to the wrong spirit. And therefore, you're unstable. Tell one to shut up. And if you tell the one that is causing fear to shut up, you will rise up like the most incredible, bold, courageous lion of the tribe of Judah that cannot be shaken. And I want to tell you that's our promise. The second thing is restlessness and difficulty to concentrate. Well, that's fear, friends. It's fear. The next thing is problems with decision-making. You can't make decisions because fear has gripped you. It grips your mind. It controls your mind. It starts occupying every thought. And this is called the generalized anxiety disorder syndrome. It's actually a demon called fear. Worrying about anxiety. Worrying because you're worried. Physical manifestations of, of um, mental stress. Tired, weary, sweating, anxiety, short of breath. I'm having a heart attack. I'm having a heart attack. No, you've just allowed fear to grip you. What is um, insomnia? You can't sleep. Irrational fears. Chronic indigestion. I come from a bloodline of fear. In my bloodline, many of the women were very, very fearful. They had all kinds of fears. I had to be the one that said, you're not going any further and I'm not tolerating you. And I broke that spirit of fear. What are the symptoms of a panic attack? Increased heart rate, hyperventilation, sweating, nausea, lightheadedness, shaking, and feeling like you're losing control or you're dying. It is just a spirit of fear. Now, I would like to read to you about... Um, what does the word fear mean? Well, it means phobos, if you look it up in the Strong's Concordance, which means dread, terror, fear of one's husband. So women that have got abusive husbands and you've got that dread and terror, fear has come into something that you believe is a truth. He may be abusive. It's not your problem. We're all responsible for our own actions. That's his problem. And don't fear him because you've given the devil a right to be an enemy as well. Then it says excessive fear and anxiety. God has not given us a spirit of Phobos. I want to just read this scripture to you as well. And this is the scripture that I believe is the key for every single person who knows him. You see, it says in Romans 8.15, I'm so excited to share this with you because friends, fear is not anything that we are to hold on to. You know, some people make fear their friend because they're so used to feeling, feeling fearful. They're so used to being controlled by a spirit of fear. They so believe it's themselves that they've made it their best friend. No, it's your greatest enemy. It's a greater pandemic than what the coronavirus is. You see, the coronavirus may cause some to get sick. It may even cause some to die. But for Christians, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, I've got no fear of dying. In fact, I can't wait to go to be with Jesus. I know I've still got work to do. And I'm going to do that with all of my heart and all of my mind and all of my strength. And that's why I'm encouraging you guys. Because while I'm on this earth, I need to be a spokesman for Jesus. And therefore, I want to tell you, don't let fear grip. 
Now, in Romans 8 verse 15, and I'm reading from the King James Version, it says, For, we did, for, we, for you did not receive a, the spirit which makes you a slave again to fear. Not only is it a demon, but it's such a strong, powerful demon that it makes you a prisoner. You know, Jesus says in Isaiah 61, he quotes that, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, and he has anointed me to set the captives free. He first says to preach the good news, and the good news is that he took everything upon himself so we don't have to. And then he says to set the captives free, to release the broken, to heal the brokenhearted, and then to release from prison those that are in bondage and darkness. Friends, fear is a prison. It's a prison. And when you start having panic attacks, you start being restricted until you can literally do nothing because fear controls your mind. But in Romans 8.15, it says, For God, did, we did not receive again the spirit that makes us a slave again to fear, to phobos, to alarm, to fright, to being afraid, to excessive fear, to terror, to anxiety attacks, to panic attacks. Do you understand that the word panic comes from Pan, who is the god of fear? It's a demon. It's a, it's a, it's a power of fear that is trying to control Christians. But he goes on to say, but you've received the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Friends, the most amazing thing that I have ever learned in my life, that I'm the daughter of the Almighty God. And he is almighty. And he's a God of love. The Bible says God is love. God is love. That means when you squeeze him like a good chocolate, all that oozes out of him is chocolate. All that oozes out is, of, of God is love. The Old Testament God, because this, Jesus had not come down. Jesus had not come to break open and to give everyone the opportunity of being able to live with him, know him, and to be able to come into the portal of heaven. The Old Testament represented something of the anger that God felt against the works of the evil one on this earth. But when Jesus came, he broke that and he came. The Bible says God so loved, God so loved the world that he gave her his son. It's because of his love for us that he gave his son. My friends, God so loves us that everything that he has for us is good. He's a good father. He's a merciful father. He's a loving father. And he has good plans for us. And it goes on to say that everything that happens, he turns it to good. And he says he takes our ashes of brokenness and he turns it into beauty. And I want to tell you something of my nearly six and a half decades of being on this earth. My father in heaven is a good father. And everything he's ever done for me has been good. I've made messes. I've made bad choices. I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've, made, I've done things wrong. I've just messed up. It's that, that whole sort of thing of, of relying too much on your own strength. But my Abba, my Daddy, my Father in Heaven has come into every mess. And He's just turned it around and He's made it beautiful. And He has been there and He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. And my friends, fear has been the greatest liar. Fear told me over and over again I would never survive. Fear said... What happens when you don't have an income? What happens? What happens? But you see, the amazing thing about our Abba Father 
is when things are dark, his light comes in. When you know how much he loves you, when you understand how much he loves you, you can say, God, I can do nothing about my situation. I completely surrender all control. I am not allowing my little tiny pea brain of thinking to work out the future. And you know, the reason the enemy has such power in taking a hold of our future thoughts and making them appear as if it's disastrous is because God hasn't told you your future. And if you don't know what he's got planned for you, you're going to believe every deception and every lie that comes. That's why it's so important to have prophetic words over your life. Because when you've got prophetic words over your life, you can take a hold of those words and you can say, God, this is what you promised. This is what you promised. The Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is wonderful, whatever is praiseworthy, think upon these things. What are we allowed to think on? That God is good. That he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. That God is not punishing you. That God actually is coming in to prove his faithfulness. You see, if you don't have sick people, God can't prove that he's a God of healing. If you don't have dead people, God can't raise the dead. If we don't have problems, he can't show you that he's a problem solver. If you don't have things that look impossible, he can't show you that he's a God of the impossible. It's only in crises and difficult times that our almighty God can prove to us who he really is. When you come to the end of yourself, this is such an amazing time to be living in now, friends. And God has not given, made us a slave again to fear. We are not slaves to fear. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. It doesn't matter how much shaking there is. As a son of God, and I don't use that with a gender, I use that with a position. I am a son of God. How do I know that? Because I've walked the journey of knowing my father. I know him. I know him. I know him. How do we get to know him? Worship him until you feel his presence permeate the room and then stand and under the waterfall of his love ask him father god fill me with love fear is trying to grip my heart anxiety is trying to grip my heart fear of the future is trying to grip my heart but i want to know more of your love we've got 21 days in south africa to ask god for more of his love many other places in the world are on lockdown what a wonderful time not to be disturbed by all kinds of chaos and confusion even the even the creation is celebrating the fact that humans are in lockdown, just be saturated with the love of the Father. And as that starts happening, friends, you become unshakably bold. I want to tell you, the enemy tried very hard to paralyze me in fear, and he nearly succeeded. But because I'm free, because I'm free of fear, because I know that I'm a, a child of God, because I know my Father's love for me, and he has done the most amazing things in my life. If I, one day I might write a little story about the incredible things that God has done in my life. He has proved himself faithful over and over and over again. And I want to tell you now, I will not allow fear to control the power that God has placed in me. And friends, every one of us as sons of God have the authority to bring heaven to earth. You have the authority to change atmospheres. You have the authority to walk into a place of depression and fear and anxiety and say, how dare you come and mess with the authority of my God? We are like David's. We don't need the armor of this world. We just need the revelation that no uncircumcised Philistine can come and stop the work that God has got. 
We cannot come into agreement with the virus. We've got to say, God, I'm protected by the power of the blood of the Lamb, and I stand against this virus. And I say to this virus, virus, as for me and my house, we are serving God, and you're not going to come and try and attack our minds because that's your greatest enemy. Friends, you may have a little cough. You may even have a few symptoms of having the virus, but don't let him get your mind. Don't let him get your thoughts. Don't let him take control of the powerhouse that is within you. Guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. Guard your emotional heart. It is the wellspring of life. And when your emotional heart is protected, you will not allow fear to come in and to grip that. And so what? You've got a few symptoms. Well, then have more vitamin C. Have more of the things that you need. Make sure that you're resting. Give yourself time to recoup and get over it. Because that way fear cannot make you believe that the end result is disastrous. And it's not. Saturate yourself in the presence of God. Saturate yourself with the love of the Father. When you start doubting in your heart, go and saturate yourself again. Because we've been adopted as sons. And a son of God knows no fear. Why? Because we're not of this world. In this world, you may have some trouble, but you're not of it. So don't think like you are. We're not of this world. We are ambassadors to bring the truth and the light and the love of the Father to this earth. And I want to say to you, sons of God, don't you dare allow anybody to tell you that God is judging the world. He's not. He's not judging the world. He's merely shaking what we are reliant on so that we can focus in back on him again so that he can be glorified. God is crying over the world. And anyway, he did say he was going to start judging. But he said when it does happen, he's going to start in the church. So if you think God's going to judge one day soon, we better make sure where we are at with him because it's going to start in the church. God loves the world. He's pouring mercy out in the world. He's weeping over those who don't know him. He's weeping. All he wants is for people to say, please, daddy, please, Abba, to cry out to Jesus. And immediately, immediately he releases angels on our behalf. My friends, he's a loving, kind, wonderful, amazing God. And everything within him is love. And everything within him is goodness. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And every time we spend time with Him, He fills us with righteousness, peace, and joy. Because the Bible also says the kingdom of God is within you. Within you. So if you're not feeling righteousness, peace, and joy, it's because you haven't taken a hold of that which He took a hold of you. And when fear tries to come, you say, I'm not double-minded. I'm not listening to that spirit. I'm not allowing that thing to grip my belly of peace and righteousness and joy and to deceive me. I will not. Because God, every word that He has for you is good. He turns everything to the good. He comes in and He rearranges and changes. And if I look back over my life, everything that I was dreading, Everything that I thought would turn into disaster, everything that I thought would be impossible, I look today and I think, God, I can't believe what you've done for me. I can't believe how amazing things are. I've got the most beautiful view out from my bedroom, from my lounge, and I am in lockdown. I was in contact with somebody, and I am at the moment in lockdown. It'll be um, 
And now we're all starting in lockdown. So by the time all this lockdown is over, I'm going to be so thoroughly full of him because I've had so much time on my own just to spend in his presence and to enjoy his beauty and his glory. And I have the, the, the most amazing view on the most amazing little place that God has allowed me to rent. How kind is Jesus? How kind is Jesus? My friends, you've been adopted by the father of goodness and the father of love and fear cannot make you a slave. When you understand the love of the Father. I want to read another scripture to you. It says that um, perfect love casts out all fear. And that's 1 John 4 verse 16 to 7. It says, 16 to 17. It says, God is love. Statement. God is love. Not he loves you. He is love. He oozes love. He can't ooze anything else other than love for you. Then it goes on to say, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Herein is your love made perfect that we may have boldness in the days of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. He is love. We are love. That's what God's called us to, do, to, called us to be. God is love and he wants to ooze love out of us. He wants us to rep represent his love wherever we go. Now, as usual, you think you're so ready and then suddenly when you need a scripture, the scripture's hiding from you. But there's another scripture that says, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love. Perfect love. And you know, it truly is true. The more that you have a revelation of the Father's love for you, the more that love just makes you bold and very courageous. I want to tell you that I have been confronted twice in my life with an experience where I really didn't think I was going to survive. I've had many close experiences, but these were two times when, when I was confronted and I knew that I wasn't going to survive a person that was aiming to destroy me. And the first time was when a group of people that were involved in Satanism came to try and end my life. And there was another time. And I want to tell you now, in both those times, the emotion of fear arrived. And I just said, God, you've not given me a spirit of fear. And God said to me the first time, roar, Kathy, roar. And as I roared, it was, like, it was like a supernatural injection of boldness and courage overtook me. And as I roared the first time, it was like I silenced my head of fear. But as I roared the second time, friends, I literally felt the fullness of the spirit realm fill me. And these 10 people that had come to destroy me turned around and fled. And after that, they said they're very nervous of the lady with the green eyes. I want to tell you something, friends. When you know that your papa loves you, when you know that perfect love casts out all fear, when you know that he's got it, when you know that he turns everything to the good, when you know that he's the one that provides when there's nothing, he's the one that supernaturally provides. Has anybody read the story about how manna kept arriving without money? Has anybody read the story about how the multiplication happened to feed the thousands when there was just fish and a little bit of bread? Has anybody read the story about how Elijah was fed by ravens? Has anybody read the stories of my God that makes things happen when there's nothing? Has anybody read the stories about how people that were sick were healed? Has anybody read the stories about how many people were raised from the dead? Have you read the Bible? I have. And you know what? I believe it. And because I believe it, I have agreed with it. And because I've agreed with it, I have seen it. You see, my friends, the Bible says what you fear will come upon you. 
If you come into agreement with fear, fear has the right to fulfill his dead plans. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when you come into agreement with fear, you can have what he offers you. But when you come into agreement with love, love, perfect love, casts out all fear. And I want to tell you now, I unshakably believe in the God of love. Does that mean that I'm strong? Oh, no, no, no. Please don't confuse that. I'm weak. I'm exceptionally weak. I'm a granny. I'm a five foot two little lady and I'm just a granny. But I want to tell you something. He promises where I am weak, he is strong. Isn't that amazing? So every time that I feel inadequate or weak, the whole strength of the covenant of the fullness of heaven is my portion. Angels are released. Angels are released to come and help me. Jesus himself is manifest. The God of glory, the God of battle comes and he fights wars on my behalf. And the father says, I will make you lie down in green pastures. Just come and rest in me. I've got it. I've got it. You see, the spirit of fear that makes you a slave, the phobos, the panic attacks, the anxieties, comes directly against your identity. Your identity is son of God. Your identity is, I am the son of the almighty God, the father of all creation, above everything, the omnipotent, omnipresent, omnipowerful. I am his kid. And he's not going to leave me and he's not going to forsake me. Fear comes directly against your identity. Phobos, panic attacks, anxiety. And as brothers and sisters of God, if you've come into agreement with that and you're treating that, you need to just say, Dad, I'm so sorry. I haven't trusted you. I haven't understood your love. I've measured you with humans. And he's not a man that he should lie. And he's calling us to saturate ourselves in his love, in his love, in his love, in his love. He's got it. He's got it, friends. And he's not surprised. He said he was going to allow the shaking. Now, do you honestly think if Abba said, I'm going to allow the shaking to happen, that Abba hasn't got a plan? Do you honestly think that he hasn't got a plan? And what is, is his plan? His plan is that the sons of God will rise up, take their rightful place, and be who he's created them to be. And usher in supernatural. The world needs to see the glory of God. He says he cannot come back until the glory of God is known as the waters cover the sea. Who's going to make his glory known? You and me. How? By being so weak that he is so strong that people look at us and they say, what have you got? I want it. My friends, they don't want what the world's got to offer. So when we walk in what the world's got to offer, we offer them nothing. We offer them a form of godliness with no power. That's not my Jesus. That's not my Abba Father. That is not the God of love. And because God loves you so much, he's never going to leave you. And he's never going to forsake you. I just want to see if I can find this other scripture. And then I'm going to talk about the other tentacle of fear. Because fear's got two tentacles. Okay, I think this might be it. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Oh, yay, I found it. How kind is Jesus? Okay, 1 John 4 verse 18. If you've got a Bible, please turn there. It says, there is no phobos, there's no fear, there's no panic attacks, there's no anxiety in love. But perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with torment and fear has got to do with punishment. Do you know why? We can't trust God that to know that he loves us because fear says you don't deserve it. Fear says 
you're going to get punished. Fear says you're going to go to hard times. Fear says you're going to lose everything. Fear says you're not going to be able to feed your children. Fear torments your mind and keeps you awake at night. Fear comes in to tell you, you have had it, buddy, and your God is not there for you. That breaks my dad's heart. That breaks his heart because it violates everything that he is. It violates everything that he is. God does not want to punish anybody. He's offering everybody eternity with him. The only one that wants to punish is Satan. And the way that he does it is he blames God for it, but he's the one punishing. And how can he have a right to your life to punish you, friends? By you coming into agreement with his plan. But Abba says, come and let me show you what I've got for you. I've got great things for you. And if you think it's been great in the past, you ain't seen nothing yet. The greatest days are yet to come. And I'm telling you that unshakably convinced the greatest days are yet to come. I'm living in the greatest days I've ever lived in my life. And I only live one day at a time. I don't have a single security in this world. Not one. Not one, I have no insurances, I have nothing, purely because of the situation that I found myself in. And I'm not saying that that's the way you've got to live. But I am telling you this. I'm living the greatest days of my life. And he said it's even going to be greater. Because when we come into covenant with almighty love, only good is the result of that. And I want to tell you now, he doesn't work it out the way you think he's going to work it out. He's got a plan way beyond ours. And he does things in ways we never even dreamt was possible. But it is amazing. You can trust him one day at a time, one step at a time. Just be obedient to the one day at a time. Don't go ahead of that. He hasn't given you tomorrow. He's only given you today. Live today well. What does it go on to say? It says, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now, I just don't want you to feel condemned about this. I just want you to get the revelation he's not your friend. Fear is a demon. It's a demon. It is straight out of the pit of hell. And if you're still battling with fear, it's because you don't understand love. So just come into love. Come into the fullness. Fear expects the results to be bad. Love knows the result is going to be good. Love knows. I know my papa so well. I've walked a journey with him for such a long time. I have seen that every single time it looks like it's going to be disastrous. He comes in and he weaves this incredible, beautiful picture. You see, he loves taking ashes and making beauty. He loves taking what the world discards as trash and making it into the most incredible thing you've ever seen. That's his vengeance against the enemy. Do you know what's the greatest vengeance against the enemy? And he's not bringing vengeance against people. So if you're waiting for God to bring vengeance against somebody, just repent. He's bringing vengeance against the enemy. And do you know what the greatest vengeance against the enemy is? You living an unshaken life full of the love of the Father and knowing that he's made your little ashes of brokenness and he's turned it into the most beautiful thing the world will ever see when they look at you and Satan is mad as a snake because all he wants is to destroy those that are the image of God. And so fear is a demon. I can't stress that strong enough. I have been delivered of a demon of fear. It's not a mental condition. It's not a mental sickness. It is a demon that's attached to your reasoning and has taken a habitation right here in your belly and you can be set free of that. No amount of medicine is going to silence 
fear. Because it grows, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So you have to know that you can be medicated, but you can't medicate the demon. You've got to get rid of that demon. And now there's another side to the demon. There's one demon, but he's got two attacks. He comes from two places. The one Phobos, the fear, the dread, the anxiety, everything I've described up until now. The anxiety, the sleepless nights, the brain, your mind. How do you know when you're battling with fear? Your mind is continuously tormented. That comes, it's a one form, but there's another form. This one comes against your identity. The other one comes against your calling. And I love the fact that Paul had such incredible insight into the stronghold of fear because he had to fight it himself. He had to get breakthrough over it himself. That's why he knew it so well. And if you would turn with me, please, to 1 Timothy 1. And in 1 Timothy 1, 1 Timothy 1 verse 6, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, fan into flame the gift that was, um, that was given to you through the laying on of hands. Friends, we've got to fight according to the prophetic. We've got to fan into the flames that which God has given us. We've got to say, God, this is what you've given me. This is the prophetic promise you've given me. This is what you've spoken to my own spirit. You see, friends, God will speak to you first. When God spoke to me about my destiny. He then confirmed it through many other people, and he's continued to confirm it. And you know what God said to me when the enemy said to me, Kathy? You will never become what God called you to be because of the things that have happened in your life. God said this, Kath, no one can steal your destiny because that's sealed in heaven. But you can give it away. Would you like to do that? You see, fear wants you to give away your destiny. And I said, no, Dad, I don't want to do that. And he said, deal with the fear. And I want to talk to you about the fear that comes against your calling. What is that? Well, it's described in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. And remember, Paul's just said to Timothy, Timothy, fight according to the prophetic word. Timothy, focus on your prophetic destiny. Timothy, don't look left and don't look left. Focus in on your prophetic destiny. There's storms on every side of you. You know, when Peter stepped out of the boat, Jesus was walking on the water in storms. Storms everywhere. Jesus is walking in the water. Jesus is walking on your waters, friends, no matter how much there's storms. And he said to the disciples, disciples, come walk with me. Peter said, I want to do that. The others just looked and shook their heads. Now, my friends, we're living in a time when everybody is shaking their heads and overcome by the storm. But let there be a few Peters that are prepared to step out the water. And he stepped out the water and he started walking on the stormy waters. Friends, there might be storms, but you can walk on the stormy waters. And you know, the amazing thing is while he fixed his eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith, while he fixed his eyes on the one that didn't only start your life, but is going to end your life and is going to fulfill your destiny, while he fixed his eyes on Jesus there were storms all around him but he just walked and then suddenly he looked to the left oh my goodness and he looked to the right oh no and he believed the deception of the devil and the storms became a reality you see the circumstances are true but the truth is that God is above circumstances we don't come into agreement with what's true we come into agreement with the word of truth and the spirit of truth and he started sinking and my friends that's what happens when fear can get a hold of our thoughts and Jesus said to him Peter come and he pulled him out 
and together they walked again and they walked back. And friends, you might have had a moment of your knees trembling and you might have had a moment of looking to the left and to the right and you might have been shaking with a storm and you might even feel like you're sinking, especially if you've had a, a diagnosis that says you're positive. And I really pray that some people that have been diagnosed positive are listening to this message today. But just look into his eyes again because he's going to walk it with you. He's going to walk it with you. Now, the other type of fear, the enemy comes with Phobos. He, this demon comes and he attacks you on one side against your identity as a son. And you just say, stop it. I know who I am and I know who my dad is. And if, the other thing is he comes on the other side and he brings another form of fear. Still the same spirit, different type of fear. And that's described as, in the Greek as Delia fear. And I want to read that to you. And it's in one Tim, it's 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. We quote this so often, you know. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. You're damn right, he hasn't. He's given us love and power and a sound mind. But it goes on to say, and that delia means timidity, fearfulness, cowardice, dread, being scared, being unable to do what you've been called to do. The one stops you from believing that God is good and the other one comes to stop you doing what God has called you to do. You see, whatever God has told you to do, there will always be political spirits and religious spirits telling you you can't do it. They are operating through the spirit of Delia, telling you you can't be who God's called you to be. Then he says, but he's given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. What does that actually really mean in reality? Well, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you the fullness of the Father's agape love. My friends, we come against being a prisoner to fear through the Father's love. And now, isn't this amazing? When the spirit of fear tries to stop you doing what God has called you to do. And I want to tell you something about my dad. He will always ask us to do something that's impossible for me. I've never done a thing in my life that I could do in my own strength. Because if you could do it in your own strength, it wouldn't be him, would it? So he asks us to do something we can't do in our own strength. And we've got to go, God, this is too big for me. It's too big for me. He says, of course, it's too big for you. It's our size thing. We're going to do this thing together. And you go, but I'm so weak. He says, I know it's amazing, but I'm so strong. And so what does he say? He says, but God has, given, has not given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit of power. What is the spirit of power? The spirit of power is the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. God has given you and me, my beautiful friends, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And every one of those nine gifts of the Spirit of, of God are living inside of you. He's given you the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And he says, I've not given you a spirit of Delia to be cowardice, to pull back, to be, to be scared of man's opinion, to be scared of religious spirits. But I've given you the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis power, heaven's power on earth through your life. Isn't that amazing? And then he says, and of love, the fullness of the Father's love. Come on, girl, you can do this because Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you and he's got you. You know what I love about a little child? It'll dive off the high side in the pool without thinking about where it's going to land because Daddy's got me. How he wants us to think like little children. I can tell you now, Daddy's got me. But he's also got you. you just got to know it and you've just got to believe it. And then he says, and a sound mind. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We've got a, we're not double-minded. We're not being led by two spirits. We don't have the mind of the Spirit and the mind of the Holy Spirit. We have one Spirit. 
We are spirit-led. We led by the Holy Spirit because we have the mind of Christ. And so, friends, do not bow to Phobos. Do not bow to Delia, but stand in the fullness of who God has made you to be because that's who he's called us to be. How do we stop operating in fear? Well, the very first thing you have to do is you have to breathe. Why do I say you need to breathe? Breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe them in. Breathe them in. Take slow breaths because fear causes you to hyperventilate. <laughs> breathe. Breathe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Breathe them in slowly. And let the Spirit of God flood you. Then start worshipping Him. Worship the Father. Worship. You know, when that peace that comes in through worship comes into your presence. Excuse me. <coughs> Just the cough I was telling you about. <laughs> when that peace that comes into your atmosphere and into your presence. Get your children to worship. Friends, this is not a time to get fat and watch Netflix. This is a time to come before the Father and worship Him. Worship until the atmosphere changes and then let him baptize you in the fullness of his love. Ask him daily for more and more and more. Let him fill you with the love of the Father. Repent for where you've come into agreement with fear. I'm so sorry, Dad. I'm so sorry. And it's not a big heavy thing. He's not holding a heavy on you. It's just sorry, Dad. Oops, I'm sorry. And then take your thoughts captive. And then the moment that you start experiencing the love of the Father... <coughs> and you start feeling his love flooding you. Friends, put your hand on your spirit, man. And you say to fear, fear, you no longer have a habitation. Because the only one that's allowed to live in me is the Holy Spirit. And you command that spirit of fear to leave you. And you put your hands on your mind. You know, Jesus wore a crown of thorns so that our minds no longer have to be controlled by thorns. You put your hands on your mind and you say, mind, I have a sound mind and I command the spirit of fear and torment to leave my mind. And then you flood yourself with peace and you flood yourself with the beauty of the love of the Father. It's so easy. It's so easy to live fear, to live free. And the only way we can live free is by not coming into agreement with fear and letting the, the agape, the fullness of the Father's love flood us. If you've never met Jesus, I would love to pray for you today. Because it all starts with encountering Jesus. Just pray after me. Dear Father God, I'm so sorry that I've believed a lie. I know I've done many things wrong in my life and I've blown it. And I know that I've made bad choices. I'm so sorry. But today, today, today is the last day of living in the fullness of those bad choices. And today I want to ask Jesus to come and to live in my life. And I receive the power of the blood of Jesus. And I want to thank you that Jesus is the only way back to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to come and live in my heart. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my will to you. And I surrender my destiny to you. And now I receive the power of forgiveness in the mighty name of Jesus by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And if you've battled with fear, friends, I just want to pray for you right now as well. Dad, there's a whole lot of your kids that have just been battling with the wrong spirit. 
And right now, I ask you to just flood them with your love. Flood them overwhelmingly with the love. We're just so sorry we've believed the lie of the devil. We're so sorry that we've compared you to people who haven't been faithful, to people that have judged, to people that have let us down, to people that have failed us. And we've somehow believed that you're like them. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. And now today we receive your forgiveness. And I want to thank you that as we come into your presence and as we come and drink deep from your well of love, that we will be overwhelmed by the power of your love. The most powerful force on earth is the power of the love of God. And I want to thank you, Father God, that this little virus is not the problem. But actually, God, that you have got the solution, that you are going to be doing the most amazing things, that your miracles are going to break out everywhere, that your power is going to break out everywhere, that people are going to start loving each other again, that people are going to start caring about each other again, and that Jesus will be manifest on this earth, and that the supernatural forces of heaven will be manifest, and that angels will be released again, and released again, and that truly the world will hear and have the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And I call in the end time harvest for this time. And I thank you for the privilege, Dad, Abba Father, of being called your kid. And I thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. God bless you, my beautiful friends. God bless you abundantly. Enjoy the season with our dad. Enjoy the season of being able to drink deep from the well of life and, and this privilege that we have just to be ready for the next thing that dad has for us. God bless you abundantly. Amen. Sorry, I'm still trying to work out how to switch this off. <laughs>